welcome to the best podcast that I am going to be hosting today with my buddy Steve. This is the one, the only, the oh, this podcast. Steve, thank you for joining me again for this yes. lovely, lovely episode. I know you're anticlimactic about that intro, but... <laughs> I, I think it, I think that was uh, it was about as fabulous as any of our uh, introductions are going to get. Yeah, I mean we can't overdo it, but we can't either underdo it, Steve. Right, you got to be in that happy that happy medium there where you can uh, you know you gotta you gotta sell, but you don't want to look like you're selling. We don't just sell the steak. We sell the sizzle here at Oh This Podcast. <laughs> it is our episode twenty two. Thank you again for joining us. Thank you again if you have followed us and. Uh, on our Twitter, on our Facebook, uh, if you haven't already done so, go to our website, ohthispodcast.com. Anybody who has looked at us and has seen some of the fallout from the Taylor Swift, uh, Katy Perry uh, debate last week was uh, knows that Steve owned me on that one, uh, <laughs> which is okay. I'm okay to, you know, to take in, uh, you know, if it pleases the court. Yes, it does uh, for that. But if you haven't done so, go back and check on episode 21 and all the previous episodes of Ohthis Podcast at ohthispodcast.com. But without further ado, without taking up too much time on the lead here, Steve, tell us what we are drinking for the beer of the week today. Yes, for our Emmett Smith episode, episode number 22, uh, we are going to be uh, journeying back to the Midwest. And uh, I, I chose this beer as a, uh, a, a particular theme will emerge through our topics of this episode. But we are drinking the fantastic porter from uh, Great Lakes Brewing Company in Cleveland, Ohio. And this is... Uh, uh, at the Edmund Fitzgerald Porter, um, which is a uh, pretty pretty overall like just a really solid beer. Uh, it's robust and complex. Uh, clocks in at about six percent uh, ABV, so it's not really overpowering by any stretch. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's if you're looking for a porter, uh, it's got your classic roasted malt, uh, coffee, bitter chocolate flavoring. Um, for this one, it's actually surprisingly light bodied though. Uh, when you, I know a lot of people think, you know, you see a, a really dark beer and you think it's, you expect it to be, uh, really heavy and filling, but, uh, it's, it, it's not really that, uh, you can really, uh, you know, enjoy one of these and not feel uh, too miserable after uh, drinking one. Um, and it's actually, uh, relatively carbonated for the style, which is, uh, kind of offers a little bit of a balance, I think too, for a, uh, a Porter style. Uh, but yeah, really light hops, uh, just enough to kind of let you know they're there. Um, and uh, it clocks in at uh, 95 on Beer Advocate and 99 on Rate Beer. Uh, yeah, I mean, just a, a brilliant uh, a brilliant example of the style, the, the Porter style. And actually named after the uh, ship, Edmund Fitzgerald, which uh, crashed in, or well, they don't know exactly what happened. It sunk uh, in a storm in 1975 on Lake Superior. So it's got the, the solid Midwest roots and then, you could also hear all about it in uh, Gordon Lightfoot's wonderful ballad about the, uh, you know, the Edmund Fitzgerald, the Edmund Fitzgibbons, the Andrea Doria, <laughs> the Edmund, whichever we can, we can rename it ever, whatever we feel like. I think we can throw a little bit of a, 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 a little modern twist on it. <laughs> I, I concur thusly that it is, um, it's definitely not one of those heavy beers that we've talked about on the podcast before with, uh, the dark stuff it's not it's nowhere near anything like um dark lore or anything where you're taking and you're chewing through that thick thick beer like this is something this is a good mowing the lawn beer a darker mowing the lawn beer and it's kind of surprising because given you know you you consider mowing the lawn beer is usually for most people something pretty light um you know generally pale in color but uh it's it's not that uh it's 
it's not imposing. You could drink it on a warm day and not be, uh, you know, kind of off put by it. It's a, it's a really good beer. Some may say those pale in comparison, but we'll, we'll, we'll let that one slide here. But so, without further ado, Steve, take us in. What are we doing today? Well, Patrick, let us dive into topic number one. Like you said, uh, we've got a, a, another bit of a theme here, uh, but uh, we're going to rock, rock you know, with the irony of the fact that we are uh, currently doing this show over the Internet. Um, we're going to have to explore some of the things that uh, we have to do in order to keep ourselves entertained when that, you know, you walk over to your router and you notice, oh, shit, this thing ain't working. We got no signal. Everything's crashing. What are you doing when the Internet goes down? That's a phenomenal question. And I think that we need to first off say that, oh, this podcast believes in science and scientific experiments. So not only do we take this to the next level of uh, testing our theories out, we actually put ourselves in these. So last night I did take and unplug the router (laughs) completely for 15 minutes as I sat there. And there's a difference you know, I was hoping that the experiment went well. It's gone better than some of my other previous experiments, which w- included how many margaritas does it take f- before Patrick falls into the ocean in Florida? <laughs> uh, but that's, I digress. That's for a different story at a different time. But um, in this one, like for me, it was interesting because I think there's forced errors. Like some people need to get off the internet and just like take in, take themselves off, like recusing mm-hmm. themselves of the internet for a weekend. But it, Usually when it goes down, it's at the most inopportune time and I'm working. So my experiment yesterday was not too great. The only problem I had was when I took and unplugged the router, I couldn't turn the lights off to my apartment. And that's <laughs> that's a whole different thing that you th- never thought about. And it's different than like we use the, entertain- the internet as like an entertainment source. But right now with like this whole connected device, it's like when the internet goes down, my apartment stops. Like, mm-hmm. it can't do anything. I can't. It makes me feel really lazy that I've had this home automation on here that requires the internet, you know? I don't know. Yeah. So I sat there and I'm like, what am I going to do? And the first minute was okay. I think it was like at the second or third minute, I'm like, okay, let's watch some TV. Well, okay, crap. I need the internet to stream my <laughs> TV. Okay, well, let me yeah, listen that- to music. Oh, crap. <laughs> I need the internet <laughs> to stream my music. Crazy. Yeah, I mean, that. That's a huge point because, like, physical media. Like, I remember when I moved out to uh, California, I got rid of, like, I mean, I had a, a not a huge DVD collection or anything, but, I mean, enough, probably, you know, 50, 60 movies, um, you know, that I accumulate over the years. And it's like, all right, I don't really need physical copies of most of this because I already have digital copies or, or whatever, or can access it on Netflix or whatever. So, you know, I just flipped them on eBay and made, you know, made a few bucks off of it. But it's like, Oh, now, now the internet's down and I need my physical media. Like I don't have CDs anymore. Like I, I buy all of my albums digitally now. I mean, I have digital copies where I can stream them or listen to them without being on the internet, but I have way more variety if I do stream them, you know, stream songs from the internet. Yeah. I mean, if a reliance on physical media is like one of those, you know, as we're getting increasingly uh, less reliant on that, it's like, Oh man, I wish I did have that backup. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's those moments where you just need to pop in Lou Bega, Mambo Number no. Five on streaming because you can't find your uh, single CD disc perhaps, for that. You know, if if you really need to hear uh, uh, Butterfly by Crazy Town <laughs> and you need it in seven different ways when you buy that single, I mean, you've you've got to have that. And if nothing's gonna scratch that itch, you know, you can't uh, you can't go and, and pick up some other artist when you need to hear that jam. You need that physical copy. 
Yeah, it, it, it's very interesting because we had this whole generation where nothing was on the internet and we used to go outside and play and read books and do all that stuff. And I think that those things are still always 100% available to us, but it's like we're so connected and like that's why one of the reasons I hate ebooks, it's like, okay, yeah, you've downloaded them, but if you want to get another one, you can't do that unless the internet comes back on. It's just crazy. Like it's it's such a weird thing of consumption, like how it's changed. Like I don't know. What are your yeah, thoughts? I mean, did you do the science experiment too? Did you sit with internet for a few minutes? I did not, but I wasn't uh, super active on the, uh, uh, you know, I wasn't really doing anything last night that necessarily required internet access um, because I was doing chores most of the night. And I find that when the internet does go down and maybe someone's going to use this against me at some point, like I will do things that I would normally put off uh, when, you know, I don't have access to those things. So it's like, I was mopping and putting away dishes and stuff like that when it's like, Hey, if I was on the, like if the you know internet was on or, or I needed to be on it, I would probably be putzing around, you know, reading something online or, or streaming something. You know, a lot of times when I'm doing show research. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like a lot of times when I'm doing stuff, I'll put like Netflix on in the background um, or, or just something on in the background. That's usually streaming from the internet. But yeah, last night was just a little different. So, I guess I wouldn't have, I didn't fully commit to it, but I, I certainly wasn't uh, taking full blown use of, uh, uh, you know, internet connection, you know, doing those things. And I think it forces, like I said, it forces me to kind of do things that uh, I'd normally just kind of procrastinate on. Yeah. There's a, there's totally a difference between sometimes having the internet go down like personal internet, like time, like when you're just fucking around and then there's time when you know, there's work related stuff. Like sure. I, I remember I had a couple years ago, I had a client project that was due like a pretty decent related thing that I had to get uh, up to source control. Long story short, uh, Comcast decided that was the day and the week of not going down for six months, eight months that it needed to go down was the night that I needed to finish work. <laughs> and I couldn't get anything done because I needed to push everything to the internet. Those are the worst things is when you have like your work is dependent on it. And it's like, yeah, it's interesting because like sometimes it's the Internet actually going down. Sometimes it's Internet service providers are going down. There's different things there. But I like the I honestly one of the best feelings in the world right now sometimes is when you take that self-imposed the Internet's going down and you just kind of shut off for the weekend. Like you shut off a little bit of like all the different channels and you can like sit back and maybe you have one on that you communicate generally with people, but for the most part, you don't touch a computer or touch anything connected. Those are fun times. Yeah. I mean, I have uh, my family's property down in in Missouri that uh, it's in an extremely rural area. Um, We just like got, there's no high speed internet service there. We just got like basically barely above dial up. And this was in the past two years that, that we added it to the property. Um, and so like when I'm down there, I, I usually don't even bother, um, even, even though it's accessible. Cause like I've gone down there for so long that I, I'm just used to not having it. So I just pretty much, you know, the phone either shuts off or I just, you know, it's on airplane mode the whole time. Cause there's no point in it searching for, for signal or wifi cause I'm not getting it. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, it's pretty much at that point, it's like, all right, time to read or go outside and shoot things, with, you know, shoot things with a BB gun or blow up fireworks or something. But, Super uh, soaker fight. It all goes yeah, back to being a kid. Yeah. It all goes back to like those the mid 90s. Like it really does. Um, and yes, but I think it's 
like I think there like you were saying like there's different distinctions like if if the internet service provider goes down versus like it's just an equipment issue on your end like I find it to be a bigger pain in the ass like if if it's an equipment issue on your end and you're like trying to you know troubleshoot the thing that like that's miserable versus like at least with the like internet like if you know Comcast is down the area it's like all right at least I know that there's nothing I can do so it's like I can easily more easily transfer into a different activity than if it, uh, it, than if it was like on my end, because if it's on my end, I'm going to sit there and spend a bunch of damn time trying to fix something. Yeah. So I got a funny Comcast story about that. It's not necessarily the internet down. It's the TV being down, but it was related okay. to the internet being down. I'll try to make this quick, but this is pretty hilarious. So I was living in a studio apartment and it was very small. Uh, it was obviously one room, a bathroom, a walk-in closet office, and then a kitchen. And I turned, uh, I was rearranging the grand mega, the great hall, as we called it, uh, the one room. And I moved the router, or I moved my cable box like two feet, unplugged it, moved it, pl- plugged it back in. And I'm like, okay, so when I replugged it back in, I'm like, what the hell is going on? How can I move this thing? Comcast piece of crap, how can I move this thing two feet, replug it back in, and it doesn't work? It worked before and stuff like that. So I sit on there. And I don't, I didn't have a phone and I'm talking to customer service and like, okay, well, we just have to ping this and reset your modem and do all this other stuff. I'm like, yeah, but how would I actually take and talk to you once you've reset the modem and it doesn't work again? How do I actually get this thing here? Cause I got no cell service there. Long story short, after an hour on the phone with them, phone su- or the chat support, right? And then they figured out how to do this. I went back. I came home. Another two days or three days later, I do it again. I get on the support. And then I get the one person on customer service who's smart enough to say, go to the cable box and just look on the back and see if it's plugged in correctly. <laughs> and, and lo and behold, I plugged the coax into the wrong port. <laughs> Change that thing and boom, it works almost immediately. So it's yeah. like the, yeah. the, it's the whole internet out is not always somebody else's problem too. And I literally responded i am so sorry for wasting your time for these past two days <laughs> this was all on me thanks a lot i'll give you a five-star review yeah i had the same a similar situation with i have a voip phone for work um and it's got two ports on the back it's got a you know a pc port and then it's got uh your your port for your ethernet cable um and i'm i don't know what had happened but i'd rearranged my desk or cleaned it unplugged it and then you know put it back in I plugged it back into the PC port. <laughs> so, and I go, you know, this was over a weekend. So on Monday I try to get on a conference call and I'm like, okay, well I can't dial out. Why is nothing happening? So I, you know, I use my cell phone. I get on the call and I'm trying to figure this thing out. And I spent a solid 30 minutes like dicking around with different stuff and like almost going to our IT people. And it's like, I'm just going to check and make sure I hooked everything up. Right. And then I say, I'm a dumbass. <laughs> Unplug it. I'm like, Oh yeah, don't worry. It's resolved. I fixed it. Don't no No sweat. Yeah. IT IT's got this one handled. <laughs> so this but, is uh, what the, this is what the extended warranty and the support package are for, right? 100%. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. I mean, do you have any particular like types of activities that you like will shift to like regardless of, you know, why the internet's down? No, not necessarily. I have activities that I want to shift to that I haven't yet. I I think if the internet goes down, the next time I I do want to take and open up a coloring book and see how long (laughs) I can go through 
you know, colored pencils. If you want me to draw you a picture the next time the internet goes down, I'll totally do it. Like, I want to do stuff that I would never, ever do uh, for it because, you know, hopefully the internet doesn't have to go down and I get put in that situation. And hopefully either the lights are on and or off <laughs> so <laughs> I can take it, do what I need to do accordingly. Yeah, see, like we have a couple of lights that are, uh, you know, that require the internet, but uh, we have we still have a fair number of uh, yeah, your your traditional lights in in the place. So we've got uh, we're back to though if the power goes out and therefore the internet goes out as well, then we're in a different uh, we're in a different predicament. Yeah, then I'm getting ready for a steel cage match against the zombies <laughs> or whatnot. So, like I don't know, I think that there's definitely things there. It, it just it for me it's fascinating. Um, just to see how much of a dependency we have on this as, you know, it, you know, in personal life and work and how much the internet has changed in terms of our daily lives. Because, you know, it's weird how I remember in high school, it was a luxury to have the internet. You'd go on in these whole, like granted that was a while ago. Um, It was the luxury. And now it's, it's almost a commodity. It's part of like, it's the ubiquitous nature of it is there because you got to have your cat photos, you know, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I recall, um, you know, going, just going like you, you. There was no internet access in anywhere like in our middle school, uh, but you see, you know, in order to get online, you had to go to the computer lab in yep. order to get access. Like there was no Wi-Fi, there was no nothing else. It's like you go to these designated twenty or thirty computers that are there, and lo and behold, the internet appears on them. Uh, which I'm mean, sure the teachers had access, you know, to you know, but there was nothing else for students. Whereas like now i'm sure like in, in a ton of schools like you can you know hop on the wi-fi you, you know you probably have ports in classrooms given you know depending on the content that's being taught like that's just a it's just a different yeah it's it's definitely commoditized well yeah and teachers getting emailed by parents that never happened yeah. i bet teachers wish the internet would go off during right. the, the school day <laughs> well it's, it's like at work like i remember one time this was years ago probably four or five years ago in my work uh we wound up having a really bad storm and it knocked out power for a while, but it also knocked out, uh, you know, the power got restored, but it had knocked out, uh, um, you know, a, a cable tap in the area. So sure. there was a, a range of businesses, you know, probably within a square mile of one another that had uh, lost their, lost their internet service. And we sat there for like four hours and it was like, they weren't sure, you know, you just don't know. It's like as a business too, it's like, all right, now I've got 20 employees that can't do anything. You know, there was, there was, we, you know, we did what we could, but like our phones run on the internet, our, our systems run on the internet. So it's like everything we're doing is like menial, like filing or other stuff like that, that it's not really accomplishing any major business goals. It's just, okay, well, we're just going to do this to stay busy because we don't know when this is coming back. Yeah, try to be a software engineer building software for the internet. That's a, yeah. the, 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 the <laughs> sort of a prerequisite to the job is to have the internet. <laughs> Otherwise, you know, I mean, you could build it locally, but <laughs> it won't function how you'd expect it to be. Right, right. But God, uh, I yeah, love the any, internet. I mean, the uh, the only other thing I've got, like, with with the internet being down is like, I find that if the internet goes out and I, I I'm not aware of it, like it, you know, it's one, it, when it hits you, um, I wind up like going through and reading like whatever cached articles I still have left, like on my social, <laughs> like however many posts or you know Twitter posts or Facebook posts that I have that'll still pull through 
uh, you know, before, you know, it gets to the point where it says, you know, you're not connected to the internet. Anymore. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Just hopefully there's no good links on it. So it's like, Ooh, I want to, Oh damn. Can't read that. anymore. Yeah, exactly. Like I had one time, like, yeah, I thought I had one saved on the flight and it was for like a fairly long article. So I figured, okay, like this will burn up 15, 20 minutes of my time. And I thought I'd saved it and I, and I, and opened it up and I hadn't, I had inadvertently closed the window and I was like, God damn it. <laughs> that just burned. Like, uh, my, like I had a whole mapped out plan of like what I was going <laughs> to do on this flight. And then that just got shot all the hell because it ruined my option. Number one. Yeah. Now you're drinking three beers, four bags of peanuts <laughs> later. Steve's yelling at people. It was like, let me fly the plane. I don't like, I don't like talking to people on the airplane. So that's out. And then, uh, yeah, they, they I didn't let you see the cockpit and get your wings <laughs> from the pilot. They do wings. that anymore. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I've never, uh, I didn't fly much when I was younger, and I'm fairly confident that they will not appreciate a nearly 30 year old man asking for his wings at the uh, <laughs> at the cockpit. They yeah, but if you're if you're only per- like they'll look at you funny, but you could be persistent enough, they'll give it to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I think, think that's a, a, for a different reason, and they also don't like when people congregate towards the front of the airplane. They, well, they're this, very yeah, stern about yeah, that. Yeah, trust me, you can still get them if you're in your 30s. <laughs> You just have to be precise. If they can get, if Burger King gives you the crowns, still. Oh yeah, the airplane yeah, that, pilot true. will give you some. That. Some companies still know how to how to treat their customers. They're loyal customers. <laughs> but Patrick, let's uh, let's adjourn from this. Let's let's turn uh, turn our our tables here because uh, we've got to look at. Uh, oh, you threw it right in there. I was hoping for like a, a for this topic. I was hoping for like a conch shell. Because we got to talk. Uh-huh. There we go. There we go. Because we're we're t- another situation where there there's probably not going to be an internet connection. Um, we're talking desert island meals right now. Um, so let's frame this out before we get too far into it. You're going to find yourself placed onto a deserted island. Not a not a not a desert island. Oh, I was going to uh, say if I'm on desert island, it's going to be like Candyland all up yeah, in this beach. I mean, this is a deserted island. However. You're going to find within a uh, in the the deep recesses of this island. You're going to find a very fully stocked kitchen and pantry that happens to have power and no other ways of communication. But it's got a it's got a smorgasbord, so to speak, of food options. So we're going to let this thing ride as far as whatever your your little your brain can think of as far as food. But uh, yeah, that that is the only stipulation. There is it. It's got uh, your your island has an exceptionally well stocked kitchen. Interesting, interesting. And we don't have we don't have the internet, so Amazon Fresh isn't coming. No, are anybody coming? Like, is it like is it deserted? Nobody's, as in, like, it's like up. they're not going to restock it. Okay, uh, so you've got to maximize. You don't necessarily have to c- take that in consideration when you're making your meals, but uh, let's just say that it's got a very good supply, so you're going to be able to hold out for a long time, so you can eat pretty well. Interesting. So are we trying to make one meal or what what are the things that we're trying to have on this island? Um I'm I mean I'm if I'm on a on a deserted island I still want to eat my three square a day. Uh, so I I've got breakfast, lunch and dinner planned out. Interesting. Interesting. I want to see where you go with this first. Where would you go first? Well, let me tell you where I'm going to lead off. Let's start with breakfast, the most important meal of the day. Oreo O's. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I I debated cereal, but honestly, if I'm feeling something uh, with a little bit more, uh, uh, pack a little punch. I'm gonna wake up at the crack of nine on this <laughs> on this island, um, and I'm gonna fire up the uh, the oven, fire up the stove, of course, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna whip up a batch of biscuits and gravy. Ooh, 
uh, along with a couple of eggs, either sunny side or over easy. I'll probably alternate it. You know, maybe Monday, Wednesday, Friday, do, do over easy and Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, uh, maybe Sunday do sunny side, but, uh, you know, the moon might strike me differently. I could throw in some scrambled too. Um, and then bacon and sausage, you know, probably two slices of bacon, two sausage links on the side. That's, that's going to be the breakfast. Cause you got to pack on the calories, uh, you know, in the morning, you got a long day of, uh, you know, probably wandering about an Island, trying to secure shelter and things of that nature. Cause you can't sleep in the kitchen. They don't allow this on this Island. Right. You're basically they won't got, let you, they won't let you use any of the tools to make fire or anything like that. Like all you can do is make food in this kitchen. Interesting, interesting. It's like you just did the Denny's double play straight on a deserted <laughs> island, right? That's- yeah, I mean, I want to, I want to make sure that I've got uh, a solid base for my my day's activities. Yeah, I mean, okay. So let's think about what our day's activities are going to be that we're going to have to do. It, it, do we have hope on this deserted island that we'll ever get off, or is this kind of like, I mean, are we newly all- deserted, or is this kind of like we're starting to set in? Um, I mean, I think hope is all relative to the person. Uh, so I don't want to, I don't want to tell you that, uh, you are going to get rescued, but I'm not going to say you're not going to either. Um, and I would say that, uh, you're, let's put you right in the happy medium where you're still there early enough to think that, Hey, there's a pretty good shot. I'm getting off, but, uh, you're st- the, the reality is starting to creep in that, uh, Hey, uh, time, you know, might be running out, uh, as far as I, I might not be getting off here either. I would hope you gotta, that you just got to kind of be in that limbo zone. Yeah. I would hope that this kitchen would have some, would have one of the finest of waffle makers. Okay. And I would steal the waffle maker from the kitchen and make a fire with you, it. You can't, but I know I'm not going to steal it, goods. but just say straight up waffles, like 100% waffles or pancakes. The kitchen, well, let's just consider that the, the kitchen is sentient in this scenario and it is going to, you're going to die. If you attempt to, if you're going to die immediately, if you take anything out of the kitchen, that isn't food. Okay. Yeah. You got me 100% with some Belgian waffles. Okay. Yeah, I don't know why, but you know, actually, I do know why. Waffles are the fucking greatest thing in the world, and I'm not talking ego waffles, which set the bar very high. But the standard homemade waffle, like, and I would do waffles on a deserted island because I'd imagine that it would be a pain in the ass to still clean up the waffle maker, the waffle iron. That I would just continue to use it on top of each other <laughs> and stuff like that. And none of this like Holiday Inn Express bullshit where you get the okay, waffle. Okay, so you don't ma- want the hotel one. No, not the hotel ones. I'm thinking it, it could be like a nice hotel. It could be like a Country Inn and Suites <laughs> or like a, a Fairfield Marriott. Like, I don't know. But definitely not the Holiday Inn Express. Maybe something by Wyndham. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> um, but none of that uh, continental breakfast bullshit. Okay. Okay. So just waffles. Nothing. nothing that that on would the side. be my breakfast. Well, maybe some Aunt Jemima or some good old fashioned like Rhode Island, uh, not Rhode Island, some Vermont uh, or some Vermont nice maple? maple syrup from the Canadia. The Canadian. Uh, what about uh, butter? Are you putting butter on those? Well, I don't know if on a deserted island butter will keep well, but that's it's you no. Know. The the kitchen has power, dude. There's a fridge. It feels like we we're discussing like we have the genie from Aladdin on there. Robin Williams is going to be like our kitchen master. You have a you have a fully sentient automated kitchen that all that its sole purpose is to either kill you if you disobey it or provide you with sustenance. Yeah, it would definitely be waffles. Butter is optional. Okay. Okay. See, I would I would hold out for some butter in that scenario. Uh, I mean, I'm going to be picky and choosy if I'm on this desert island. Well, um, if it's so. an, if it's an ego, you have to have butter. If it's normal, sometimes they're so buttery good that you don't even need it. 
I'm going with butter on it, no matter what. Okay. But, uh, you know, th- that's that's for nutritional reasons. You need that additional fat to you know provide long lasting energy through the day. Through your boar hunting skill abilities and trying <laughs> to make fire and picking up your yes. packages. Don't ask why I'm going to hunt boar while I'm on an island that has a kitchen that provides me food, but uh, I'm you know you gotta you gotta pass the time somehow. Yeah, you could be urbanfarmersonly.com. <laughs> You'd be a farmer. What is that? It's a mushroom. Exactly. Yeah, I, I would say you know you want some you want some fresh farm to table food because you don't. I mean you don't know the source of where this this kitchen got a, got its ingredients. But what if it's a it, it's a farm to table from the next island over, like and that one's the the, the shitty island. You don't really want to eat from that <laughs> farm. You want to eat it from the other island. Like can you pick the farm that it's coming from no, to your you table? Don't choose. Farm to table, the biggest scam since <laughs> sliced bread. <laughs> All right, so so we we've knocked out breakfast. Now now we got to move on to lunch. Okay. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with my uh, my Chicago favorite, uh, my personal uh, favorite uh, food in the world, which will be an Italian beef sandwich with mozzarella cheese on it. And then I'm gonna throw in some uh, French fries. I'm not particularly picky about the French fries. Um, curly fries are good. You know, steak fries are good. It's it, whatever the the kitchen has blessed me with. I'm I'm not going to be too picky about. It. And then I've got to have a, a pop of some kind. So it's either going to be Coke, Diet Coke, RC, you know, Pepsi, Diet Pepsi. No, God, no, not fucking RC. Um, and not a not a lime flavored uh, pop. It's got to be a cola. What cola about a Bud Light lime flavored pop? Maybe maybe a dark a dark pop. So you know, maybe a root beer. Uh, but yeah, no, no lime, no, no orange, and uh, certainly no goddamn RC. Fuck orange, man! You got to get some crush up in your face. I don't, I don't want an orange crush with my Italian beef sandwich. You, you don't know what living is, then. No, I, I, I'm, I'm comfortable with my combo there. Okay, is it a combo or is it a, just a beef? Cause... No, 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 no. My, my combination of foods, not, a, it's not a combo. No, that fuck that. I don't want a com- I don't want a sausage with my Italian beef. Okay. See, I don't know. It might be because we're doing this and it's dinner time that I'm thinking about all this stuff. So, I'm like, man, if I had <laughs> waffles right now, this would be great. I think the other thing for me for lunch, if I would do it, would bring in said waffle maker again. Also use it as an unintended panini press. And, <laughs> you know, try to do, like, either a, a nice Cubano sandwich or grilled cheese or uh, an arug- no, not an arugula p- panini, but some sort <laughs> of, like, nice toasted sandwich. Okay. Um. With some protein. What, what way are you going to cut it? <laughs> if it's a panini, you got to cut it diagonally. <laughs> if it's a regular untoasted sandwich, you cut it horizontally. <laughs> I like that. Uh, I like that take back, you know, take back to episode about sandwiches. Go back to yeah, it. Got to check you on your consistency. Yeah, I don't know. So, yeah, it would definitely have to be some sort of in the panini family, which is just a warm sandwich at that end of the day. Like I don't know if I'd necessarily need some sides on there. I'm really having a like a balanced meal of like a waffle you're, you're and just a panini. Rocking, just rocking a sandwich and no no chips, no nothing on the side. Not necessarily because I'm gonna go I'm gonna go hardcore on dinner. Okay, all right. Because so, we are on dessert island, so you gotta save room for dinner. <laughs> yes. So, so through two meals, um, my my only concern is that. You know, given that we're on a uh, desert island, uh, are we going to be making a visit to the danger zone uh, <laughs> by by our dining choices? And and I think you you know farewell where I'm going. But on, do you have uh, to eat these it. every single day? I think you've got to eat them 
I wouldn't say you've got to eat them every single day, but in order for it to kind of be desert island foods, it's got to be high enough up on your list that you would be okay eating it every day. Okay. So I can say Chipotle for dinner every single night. That would be if, bad. If you, if that's you know, if that's what the heart wants, that's what the heart gets. I'm not going to say that yet. I'll I'll reserve that for when we go. What is yours? What is your dinner? What is your so, feast of? Uh, I'm going I'm going hard on dinner here as well. Um, you know, after a, a long day of walking around in my loincloth, hunting a boar and or gathering tropical fruits, um, I'm going to head over to the grill and I'm going to fire up a nice New York strip steak. Uh, probably somewhere in the realm of uh, 15 to 18 ounces. Uh, maybe maybe hit that sweet spot of 16 for a solid pounder. And then uh, on the side, I'm going to want some garlic mashed potatoes. And uh, then I got to have a vegetable for, for fiber reasons. So uh, give me either broccoli or green beans, some, whatever, whatever the vegetable is, it's green. So I don't think we t- took in to find if we're on a desert island or, or desert island alone, if we're going to be like uh gilligan and we have several Uh, people with us or if we're going to be like lost are we We alone we didn't define it but let's go back because i don't think it necessarily has to change anything well Uh, it it changes the garlic part of it (laughs) (laughs) um i'm no fuck that i'm I'm eating garlic mashed potatoes whether there's 20 people on that island or i'm the only person so just wearing that Um, on your face literally And then I'm going to sweat and then make it so that it comes out of my pores. So, yeah. Um, but we will say that you are, in fact, alone okay. uh, on this island. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, that is my that is my dinner for dessert. I think I'm going to polish off a uh, solid chunk of a uh, either a chocolate cream pie or a French silk pie somewhere Ooh. somewhere in those in that in that genre, if you will. Interesting. Now, is this a desert island where the kitchen does the dishes for itself, or do we have to do them every night? No, you get stuck doing the dishes. Oh, damn it, because I was going to go with some sort of Italian lasagna or something like that, but I don't want to do those <laughs> dishes every fucking night. <laughs> ain't, no t- ain't nobody got time for that. And yes, then there, I- while there is a seemingly infinite amount of food, there is less than uh, infinite number of dishes, um, and the you don't want to piss off the random spirit that somehow powers this uh, magical kitchen. Is there a dishwasher or is it all hand wash? Hand wash. Oh, fuck me. This is going to suck. Cause that it's changes- an island, man. You can't have all the luxuries in the world. <laughs> but you're asking for a whole you're asking for a hell of a lot right now. Okay, I'm just trying to get this figured out. <laughs> well, so I was going to go in the Italian realm first and do something like a chicken parm, you know, or a veal parm, you know, with some angel hair and do it up that way where – that's gonna. That's too much dishes to do. So I'm gonna continue using my panini press. <laughs> You're going with one appliance for all of your meals. Yep, <laughs> one appliance, one paper plate, one reusable napkin. Out of, out of sheer laziness. No, I'm not gonna do that. I'm, not, I'm thinking about it though. But uh, you just make like a nice wild boar quesadilla <laughs> just in the panini <laughs> press. You're just grilling a fucking pig on a on a, on a glorified George Foreman grill. It's pork chops. No, that's a hoof. No, it's a, it's okay. It's good. How do you want it? Medium rare? <laughs> Sorry, I'm losing it right now. Um, God, this is hard because you have to clean things now. I didn't think about cleaning stuff. So are you? Uh, you've got all the goddamn time in the world. You're on a desert island. What does it matter if you got to spend thirty minutes cleaning up? Yeah, but the internet's coming back on. I can go watch season the three of Lost. <laughs> um, I don't know. So, like, would you be making the pie every night and cleaning it too? Like, would it be a personal um, pie? 
I think that uh, the pie uh, in my scenario is ideally going to be like a uh, a frozen pre-made pie. Oh, like a Marie Callender's? Every day you get a fresh one? For sure. (laughs) Okay, so I think if we're going this route, it's going to take and be some sort of like, you know, now this is because we're on the realm of deserted island or dessert island, as I'm going to call it, because I like to do that. I think if we've got a boar, we got to use it. So like maybe some like, you know, pork tenderloin or beef loin or some ribs, cooking them over rocks or on a waffle maker. You know, I haven't done that recipe yet. I'm going to go to Amazon right now and order a waffle maker and see if I can cook (laughs) ribs on it. (laughs) How awesome would that be? It would be interesting. I don't know if it would be awesome. Why is it cut and have these lattice parts on there, Patrick? Uh, I don't know. Don't worry about it. No. Actually, in total fairness, I would probably take and do something like that. Or we would go and just do, you know, we're on an island. Is this a tropical island or is this like an Arctic island? I presume it's a tropical island. Okay, tropical. No one ever ever does a story about winding up on a deserted Arctic or, you know, Arctic or Antarctic circle island. Well, like deserted island in the middle of an Illinois forest preserve? (laughs) (laughs) Like, what do you get? Lake trout and grubs? And it's let's, really... let's assume that this is firmly entrenched in the tropics. Okay, so why not go with some seafood, right? If I learned how to, do I have to catch it, or is it already in the kitchen? Uh, no, you've got a, a like, like you said, this this uh, this kitchen's pretty well stocked, man. Okay, so then I would probably do like, hopefully, there's like a sea bass, a trout, or some tuna, maybe okay. some salmon, a nice piece of fish, nice piece of fish, nice piece of fish. I'd have to have a pina colada because there's probably a lot of coconuts around for beverage every fucking... No, not just pina coladas. We're doing lava flows. We're doing it where it's got <laughs> the strawberries on the side of it, too. Okay. I had a lot of those when I was in at the Luau in Hawaii, and oh my God, they were amazing. I got a free free like glassware from that and then drove it back. I, I had to ride in the back of the golf cart. <laughs> on the way back from the luau <laughs> with my glassware and a hawaiian shirt just people honk and we're doing four miles an hour it's crazy <laughs> but that's that's why i'm inspired to have this there so maybe a nice piece of tuna salmon probably some foraged foraged berries or a salad you know that's for a dangerous game yeah maybe in a we'll end up with the danger zone if yeah. that's where you're going no like so like there's got to be some sort of like we got some farm to table red potatoes you know Maybe some Who the hell are they growing potatoes on this island? It's farm to table from the next island. It's from <laughs> from Dave's island, you know. Yeah, the the island. Okay, all right. You got enough, garlic but... mashed potatoes. How are they getting fucking garlic and Marie Callender's p- uh, pies over there? It was they had a they had a really a good sale on the other island, and they uh, you know the sentient being had it brought back over for me. Yeah, the one thing that I'm gonna say the danger zone would there would definitely be asparagus involved, and you know. Okay. You know, I couldn't blame that on anybody else, you know. No, the same thing with garlic, but you're the only person there, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, just peeing everywhere. It's like, oh, man, it smells like asparagus. The only thing you're going to upset is that wild boar that you're attempting to kill. Right, but these are all going to be cooked on a waffle maker (laughs) (laughs) on the panini press. I don't know. I think it could work. I think I could tell... I will bet you that I can cook salmon on a waffle maker. Well, I'm not disputing the fact that you could cook the salmon on a waffle maker. I'm disputing whether that's the way you would want to do that. Imagine now, so that salmon's going to fall apart, 
and you're going to have salmon in the crevices of the waffle maker. Yeah, you just waited for waited for it to cool down, and you just you go put a fork in there and just get it all figured out. Yeah, and then and then your next batch of waffles in the morning is going to taste like salmon. Waffle battered salmon. <laughs> it's like <laughs> chicken. Awful. It's like chicken fried steak. It's like. <laughs> I, <laughs> it's not. It's not anywhere remotely close. To waffle like that. fried salmon. No, nothing. <laughs> okay. Panko no, crust. I'm I'm taking a, I'm taking a hard pass on this. Yeah, I'm glad that I'm not on this island as well. Yeah, because I mean I'm on an island that has the same characteristics, but I'm not there with you because your your taste in cooking is awful. Wouldn't it be hilarious though if we were on the same island, just on opposite sides, using the same kitchen, and wondering why somebody's like, why is the salt always missing? <laughs> like opposite <laughs> times, it's like who's here to take my maple syrup? Oh, that jackass. We never talk. Yeah, got- and at what and at what degree do you like go insane from the fact that it's like there's no one else on this island and someone keeps fucking taking the pepper? <laughs> it's the long con. It's the best prank ever. It's like, where's the fucking scotch tape, man? <laughs> All right, Patrick. Uh, any uh, did you did you settle your dessert choice? No, I I don't think I need a dessert because I'm having waffle yeah. salmon in the morning. <laughs> All right. If you can make well, fries then- out of waffles, you can make salmon out of waffles. I I don't think that's how that works at all. There, there's we were discussing how we believe in science, and I'm confident that there is no science that supports that claim. There, there will be a Wikipedia article soon about that. Trust me. <laughs> all right, Patrick. Well, we've we've uh, we've revealed enough of our uh, of our true desires on this. Uh, you know, is at least when it comes to food with our uh, island talk. So let's uh, blow the conch shell for me, and uh, let's roll into our our final segment here. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a Viking horn, but it, it uh, kind of sounded like I was trying to like moo like a cow <laughs> into a conch <laughs> shell of my hands. It didn't work out, but well, it, it's close enough, you know, you know, close enough. It was from we'll, one we'll, of my we'll, eight we'll, stomachs that's oh, a cow. Patrick, we got to we're we're gonna keep talking islands. We're we're gonna talk island living uh, because we got to roll to the fantastic uh, Robert Zemeckis, Tom Hanks film, the fine two thousand release, Castaway. Because we watched this movie recently, and we've got some thoughts. Tom Hanks is a badass. <laughs> He's a straight Tom- player in that movie. And if you don't realize it, go watch it right now. That Tom Hanks does keep his pimp hand strong in that Dude, movie. It is like, he literally gets off the island. Oh, shit. Spoiler alert. Oh, shit. <laughs> if you haven't seen a 20-year-old movie, there's the spoiler alert. But when he gets off the island, his pimp game is strong. He's like, yeah, you're dead. They put him in a hot tub. They put up in the hotel, right? Mm-hmm. And like the funniest part is they have like a shrimp bar, a lobster bar, like claws of everything, right. all this seafood. When Tom Hanks was on an island for like five fucking years eating all these like random ass fish, and then they yeah. give him all these Hol- Homie's got sushi, sushi, uh, all you can eat. Every, well, I shouldn't say all you can eat, all you're able to catch every night. Uh, I mean, he could, he could whip up a mean roll if he wanted to. And yeah, his his friends and colleagues find out, you know, bring him back, and he's got the seafood spread. How, how would you be upset if that happened? Probably not though, because with your affinity for shrimp, you'd probably be all for it. Oh, I'd get those scrimps. I'd love it, but I think it would be a little bit insensitive. You know, somebody yeah. wasn't thinking about that. Like, definitely not thinking like, oh, maybe we shouldn't get him seafood because he's been there. Yeah, I mean, in the movie, they obviously like. You know, Tom Hanks gives a, a bit of a reaction to it, but certainly nothing that's like over the top. But uh, yeah, I could definitely see myself taking that in a different direction, a, a more 
vulgar than Tom Hanks direction. Yeah. Because uh, that, that would, I, I would make it known and be like, are you guys fucking idiots? Like, I've literally been surviving off of whatever fish I could catch and lobsters and crab and crap like that for however many years, and you're going to serve me the same shit? Yeah. Ain't nobody got time to play like that. I'm no, here. No. Yeah. Like, so I know we had some definitely some deep thoughts as as deep as we could get <laughs> thoughts uh, <laughs> while watching this, but some of them were interesting. It's like, why? <laughs> and he makes light to this, and it's like, why did they choose Wilson for the volleyball? I know that it's obviously they got a Wilson volleyball, but then they make the Doctor Spalding joke as his dentist. Right. My hypothesis is when Zemeckis and them were taking and starting to plan this out. They had been watching Caddyshack, and they're like, oh, we can't use this Spalding character. It's already been used in a film in the 80s, a comedy. So they wanted to stay away with it, but they wanted to still have that same joke, and that's how Wilson – because could you imagine if it was like a pen tennis ball or like a Titleist, like a box of Titleist? Yeah. (laughs) And it's like – or it's a bowling ball named Brunswick. Like the whole movie could change completely if it was named something else. Well, a bowling ball probably wouldn't wash up on shore. It'd be pretty impressive if it had. But uh, there, there's a re- a real story behind the the Wilson volleyball. Well, I should say there's a story behind the volleyball, not necessarily the name. So, uh, one of the the screenwriters for the movie, when he was doing research, um, he like did a a real life you know castaway situation. He cast him you know went on a uh, beach in like the Gulf of California, and he was gonna. He had. To, he forced himself to go through and find food, water, shelter, the whole thing. You know, kind of relive in the whole thing. And when he was out there, a volleyball washed up on shore. Just imagine. That's the same story that I heard when American Beauty happened. There was a guy who was sitting on a bench, and a plastic bag just starts flying around. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. That that wasn't. <laughs> that wasn't that movie. No, are you are you sure? I mean, I, that that would be ex- if we could go through various uh, Tom Hanks characters and see how they progress all within one universe. That would be pretty impressive. Yeah, well, that wasn't Tom Hanks. That was Kevin. Smith. No, no, no. But I'm I'm talking about if you went <laughs> Tom Hanks as Forrest Gump, <laughs> you have like Tom Hanks a bachelor party, and you explain like going all the way back to the beginning how Tom Hanks progressed through the point where he wound up on a desert island through yeah, his movie character. That would be great because I would love to see how Jimmy Dugan from A League of Their Own ends up on a <laughs> desert island just, like, spitting on people. Like, rah, rah, rah. there's no crying in baseball. We got we got a ample territory for fan, some fanfic writing here. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm starting uh, to think about this, you know. Speaking of, speaking of the same thing, so Helen Hunt, she straight up loves bad weather because you got her in Twister – She's she's all hooked up with Chuck Nolan in this bad way who goes down and you know crashes in terrible weather. I mean, she's got a there's a connection between her and really awful storms. And I don't know if uh, you know you want it's safe I, I, to be around her. Yeah, I don't think you want to be around Helen Hunt. Today in Chicago we had some storms, and I was like thinking, man, Helen Hunt, Bill Paxson, and Philip Seymour Hoffman <laughs> are going to be chasing some storms up and down the yonder looking for uh, you know twisters and all that. Yeah. Talk about that being an easy gig. You're there at the beginning and you're there at the end, and then Tom, like you're just collecting paychecks, like for, for the movie, you know. <laughs> and straight up, straight up cold. And dude, at the end of that movie, all I could think of is like Tom Hanks is a pimp and he's just laying it on, like he's slow rolling this whole thing, dude. Yeah, you know, he sl- he slow rolls it hard. He does, but he kind of walks away he, he kind of gets beat on it all he walks away with is a crappy car yeah 
Oh, sorry you were on a desert island for four years. Here's a depreciated asset of a Jeep that's got half a tank of gas that's in my car. You got to go take it to Jiffy Lube. Fill it up. Here's 10 bucks. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. That's too funny. And, Um, like, the keys had, like, what, the the pocket knife that he needed on there? Yeah. Like, it's interesting. I think some of the interesting parts from Castaway were, like, at what point does he start? Like, they show, like, the progression of, like, his character like as he's trying to get around the island and then they show the four years later part which had him lose all the weight and all that stuff but my question that i had for you when we were watching this is how long do you think it takes for the psychological part to go uh in that movie like in that time frame if you're on there like you gotta start to lose hope pretty quick pretty quickly i would say yeah i mean i think it's obviously uh unique to the individual but uh I would say, you know, just generalizing most uh, adjusted people in in our current society. I mean, you're probably losing hope after a couple of months, maybe. Oh, I three four months. I probably say a little bit quicker than that because I don't think enough people have the skills and the survival skills to actually do that. I mean, well, that's certain. I mean, you people always will. Yeah, if you think, oh, like I'm gonna go out and go hiking or whatever like that, it's like people don't really respect how fast you can die in nature, right? And or like, it's not even like that nature kills you outright. It's like, oh, you slipped and fell and broke your leg, and you're in, you're out in a in a remote area. Like, you just have to hope that someone's going to come and pass by because you have no way of moving, and you have if you have no way of signaling anyone. Uh, you're just hoping to God that someone just passes by and it's like uh, to, to not be prepared in those situations, which I don't think a lot of people ever really consider when they go out and do some of those activities uh, that, you know, to consider that as a, as a possibility, it, like no one ever is like sitting there assuming it's going to happen, but you have to kind of plan for that contingency a little bit. And I don't think enough, enough people do. Right. Right. I think an interesting part too is like you looked at that movie and it's weird because the first thing he tries to do, he doesn't do the basic things that they tell you to do first. It's like shelter, fire, water, right? Because you you get shelter so you can actually stay alive. You get fire near that shelter so you can stay warm and also boil unpotable water uh, into drinking water. And I, I found that it was so interesting that it took him so long to take and get that water part or the fire part up and running, you know? And I don't know if it was like, if it just took like him a long time to think about that, but it was, it was weird how it, it's supposed to be the survival film, but it seemed like he'd be dead <laughs> almost instantly. Um, yeah. I mean, if he was in a colder environment, it'd be a, probably a higher priority, but being on a, like a, an Island like that, you probably can take it a little bit for granted. Not that you should, but I think that's probably what you, you probably figure. Oh, it's plenty hot out. Like I don't necessarily need this right away. Right, right, right. But well, yeah, I obviously mean, it's got more than, more than just warming usage. Right. And he totally went to catering to get all the food and stuff. So he was <laughs> fine on that. If you didn't realize. If he was it, on our island, he'd be set up. Yeah. He'd have his sentient kitchen that would make his, I'd make him waffle salmon, salmon waffles. We'll figure out what it, I'll make it. I'll figure it out. I'll put it on. Yeah. It'll be a yet an Etsy cookbook by me. Just all the things you can do, how waffling and salmon can go. To, it's the Nor- the Belgium and Nordic uh, traditions. Patrick's waffle iron cookbook. <laughs> I, that's awesome. 
But that'll, like, that'll be our first uh, merchandise item in the store when we get it rolling. One page, procure waffle iron. Page two, put Hot Pocket on waffle. <laughs> page three, throw all away, go to somewhere else. Yeah. So, Patrick, at what point do you think that if you were on the island in the same way Tom Hanks was, what point do you think you would have built the raft and left the island? God, that's tough. Um, I don't know if I would. I'd probably died on the island. Yeah. Personally, um, because when you build the raft, like you have more more hazards on water in that scenario than you would on the island, right? Mm-hmm. Like at least your island you have shelter or presumably sh- shelter where open water that shit can kill you instantly. Like you can just yeah. drown and like Yes, it might float for a little bit, but you saw those waves. You know they oh, CGI'd right. the hell out of those waves, and it was great. Um, I just think it's yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have gone out in the open water for a while, but I don't think I would have thought about leaving that way on my own volition. I'd hope that in the first week or so, I'd probably be dead earlier. But in the first week or so, <laughs> I'd hope that somebody would have like. I figured that somebody would know where we were going. But his his scenario was ridiculously different because. You know, first off, you know, two day shipping, everybody lost those packages. He kept on doing his work by picking up yeah. packages and stuff like that. And at the end, Tom Hanks is a pimp delivering the package to that one <laughs> lady on the farm. Yep. Which way is California, he asks, I think, or whatnot. Yeah, he's uh, he's getting the directions. He's getting the, the directions. Yeah. I would go back to her farm. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh I digress yeah. on that. But yeah, I think that it for me, the raft thing would not be something there. But yeah, I don't know how how would we get on the desert island, right? I, it does it does kind of depend, I think, how you how you arrive there, um, you know, and assuming you're not injured or anything like that, which you know, fortunately, like in the movie, he was not seriously harmed when he when he arrived on the island. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, leaving the island, it's it's typically a no no. I think in in most scenarios where. Um, you know, you don't want to leave like what you know what you have there right uh, as far as hazards you've got shelter you've got food he's got water um he's made you know essentially a place that he can not not necessarily thrive but he can survive at um for, for a fairly long period of time obviously he's made he made it through like four years yeah the the going out into the open water thing that's uh that's it's a kind of a calculus you have to run i think in your head of all right, it's been you know this long that I've been here. No one has showed up. All right, it's it's I'm either going to die here on this island or I'm going to die out there trying to get off the island. Right. And it's uh, I don't know, I don't know if I can say for sure. You know, and where I'm sitting right now with my my internet and my you know non sentient kitchen where I can go get my food and and everything and it's not going to kill me if I take my sandwich into the other room. But uh, yeah, the, and the, that's salmon a, waffles. <laughs> you can eat salmon waffles. Um, the uh, <laughs> I don't I don't know if I could definitively say how I would act in the situation, but I my inclination would be to stay on the island. I can Plus, I'm not, I'm not great at swimming, so I don't really want to test that shit. Yeah, well, there was that one guy who was just floating around there. They were not doing much. It's like, <laughs> uh, Kramer, <laughs> they're dead bodies. Seinfeld <laughs> reference there. Um, I could tell you to a fact that not only has Castaway been something that I like remember it it's part of pop culture that every time I go camping or have a grill or do something, it's like, 
I've made fire is one of the first things that I exclaim 100%. Because, and then do the dance. I don't know why. It's just like that moment where he gets fire and he's like, the best part about that is that first night he gets fire. Anybody should go watch that scene because literally I think that they, that scene, they got Tom liquored up <laughs> drunk as fuck. And he's just like dancing around the fire. Tom was crushing my ties like off offset for like three hours before they filmed that scene. Zebekus is like, okay, Tom, you ready? He's like, okay, I'm getting in. He's more method acting at, it at this point. He's like, <laughs> Tom, are you okay? I have made fire. Oh, yep, he is great to go. <laughs> Get him in. He's like a he's a rummied up <laughs> castaway island guy. Oh. Do you think that Tom Hanks had to get got paid more because he had to do he had to do lines for both him and Wilson? I think that the Screen Actors Guild would require that, you know. Wilson yeah. probably had to be like but most of those lines for Wilson were internal monologue stuff. They were thoughts. Yes, but he's still doing the work. He's got to he's got to memorize the basically the second uh, you know, he has Well, he to has to know it so dialogue. he can make his rebuttals accordingly. Yeah. I, I didn't think about that one. I'm going to take in... Hmm, interesting. <laughs> I, I would say yes, but I would also be... Like, can you imagine like his, his agent going into the negotiation for that film? And it's like, Tom needs more. You're, you're requiring him to, to think of these additional monologues, these additional lines. Like He's going to need to get paid more for this. See, Tom is coming off of being gump. <laughs> He'd like to use his words. Yes. <laughs> He's got mail, and we also know that he's been Jim Lovell. So he, so is is Apollo thirteen a you know prequel to his castaway thing? Oh, you could easily work that in because they splash down in the ocean. They splash down in. So yes, okay. So it's one point five. So castaway is Apollo thirteen and a half. It's so. No, because it's a FedEx play. It's already kind of a half if yeah. you if you really think about it. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's like it's a very like it's almost like the same problems. I think it was harder. So would you think it would be harder to live in Castaway on a desert island or to live in the Lem from space? Oh, uh, the Lem because you're going to suffocate uh, if that if you're going to freeze to death. Yeah, you freeze can't to death, start suffocate. a fire. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're the yeah, Lem. Bill is, Paxson puking on you. Yeah, that's I'm I'm thinking the lem there for sure. And you're stuck with fucking Kevin Bacon. Not well, you're not <laughs> fucking Kevin Bacon. You're stuck with Kevin Bacon. Yeah, who's inevitably going to start dancing or something at some point? Dude, I wish Gary Sinise was up there. <laughs> so does everybody else. But you know, Gary's the one who saved him. So okay, I'm going to take it one more step further. So say you had Gary Sinise working at FedEx. Okay. Okay. And the plane goes down, and we see uh, Ed Harris and Gary Sinise trying to find uh, Castaway Tom Hanks on the yeah. island. What if we brought in that? We don't know if FedEx was doing anything. Talk about that as a corporate employer. Yeah, we, the plane crashed. We can't find him. He's dead. NASA, I would rather much work for NASA in a situation like this yeah. than I would for FedEx. Thoughts? Yeah, for sure. I, I'd go FedEx, despite the fact that FedEx has an excellent logistics supply chain, which could, in theory, funnel you uh, uh, supplies and, and things of that nature. I, I want I want NASA on that job because I think they're going to do a better better job of uh, finding me. <laughs> okay, now I'm going to take and have another jump for you here. 
Was the Martian a combination of Apollo 13 and Castaway? It did. It might have. They they probably had like a Castaway two written, and they just decided to rewrite it into a different uh, into a different like uh, setting. Because you could you could easily make that case, I think. Because it's a it's a much larger deserted island. It's scarce water. So moral of the story is Tom Hanks should have made potatoes, and he would have <laughs> just been fine. Because if Matt Damon can make potatoes on Mars, Tom Hanks can live on a deserted island, one hundred percent. Though though Matt Damon had the advantage of some additional technology. Yeah. Probably probably an internet connection too or something. That's true, but did he a have local, a, a local internet one that one that was only local to him at, on Mars? Right, true. It was a land. He was having a land party all by himself, but he didn't have he didn't have a volleyball friend. No. So no, that's there's true. there's definitely stuff and I got, but see in that movie The Martian he took and went away from home. He took and got on his raft, which happened to be like a <laughs> land speeder to go across the planet, but still. Okay, so moral of the story is Matt Damon and Tom Hanks are cousins. <laughs> I don't know if I'm if I'm drawing the same conclusion, but uh, I will I'll allow it, counselor. Okay, good, uh, good, good. So the, I've got only two two last points that I, I want to make before we before we wrap up. If it with, pleases uh, the court, with Castaway and um, what? Well, I should say this one's not necessarily a point. This is more of a question for you. How do you feel about saving money on your dental visits? Oh, not because. enough to do what he did. <laughs> I would have rather gotten saw, seen Doctor Spalding, that wife stealer. Yeah, that is a uh, yeah, absolutely. Because the the removing of one's own tooth, uh, that that's a problem for me. Yeah. I don't. Uh, I mean, I guess in in that situation, you have limited uh, resources, but uh, but he could have killed is, himself there. Like, oh yeah, 100%. multiple ways, not by just like the infection that would come from having the. Well, an infected tooth, but then the infection that would come from having the un, the open wound. But also, he could have put that ice skate through his mouth and bled out. Yep. yep. Like, yeah, you didn't have a Jim Lovell on there. Uh, you had Tom Hanks. You had a FedEx operations guy. You didn't have Jim <laughs> Lovell's NASA. You didn't have Gary Sinise piping in, hey, you shouldn't do this here. But... That was that was horrible. I can never watch that scene. That's the one no, scene I can't watch in it. That's a that's a. I don't give. Uh, you know that that comes as close to me not wanting to watch. I can watch it, but I'm I'm not happy about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no I satisfaction that comes from seeing that. Yeah. Um. And then the other part is, you know what? I gotta say, like, I'm glad I'm glad that Chuck got off the island. I'm glad he got home, but I don't see why he had to go and ruin boxes of perfectly good vhs movies in order to do it. um you know those 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 could be worth money someday um and you just go and destroy you know you know what if you wanted to bring that home you'd have some entertainment when you got back you know you get back you find out shit you get home oh god damn it they're already using dvds <laughs> this harry and henderson's vhs that washed up on the island is not good <laughs> What ABC Seven or ABC the Dinosaurs sitcom complete VHS series? I mean, he could, and and those things are versatile too because you can record over them if you really want to. Potentially, they're probably all like, you know, what the funny part would be is if they were VHS of how to get off of a desert island, like training videos <laughs> that, that were sent to like someone. <laughs> they're being like sent across, like. <laughs> well, that's what they've like joked about too. With like, what was what was in what's in the box. 
um, what was in the package that he brought back to uh, um, the ranch. Like I think Zemeckis said at one point, he's like, "Oh, it was a solar-powered satellite phone." <laughs> That's great. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's like it's one of those things. Like what um, I think they had it in a in a draft of one of the the scripts. It was like one of the like second or third drafts of it. It was like two jars of salsa or something that were supposed <laughs> to be in the box. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. You, you know, the... some nice some nice salsa with his piece of fish. Salsa. Salsa. <laughs> salsa. 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 Any, any last points on uh, Castaway that you wish to impart upon our audience before we adjourn? I wish that there was going to be some cross promotion and you would see like Dr. Emmett Brown and Marty McFly show up on like with a DeLorean. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Back to the Future 2 happen or Back to the Future 4 <laughs> return to Castaway. Basically, you just want Robert Zemeckis to uh, mash up his his movies. Is cross what you're pollination saying. and cross promotion, man. Get them DVD sales. You know, <laughs> he might be the first investor for my waffle salmon maker, salmon waffle maker. <laughs> All right, Patrick. Well, blow the conch shell. We gotta. We're calling this thing. But uh, enjoy the fine movie Castaway. It is a. It's actually a very good movie, a very entertaining movie. Uh, but uh, there are a number of uh, things that uh, the two of us can use our twisted minds and uh, come up with plenty of uh, hypothetical scenarios. Tom off Hanks of, is a pimp. Off of uh, this fine Tom Hanks let's movie. bone. <laughs> well, Patrick, let, let's say, uh, why don't you hit everyone with the uh, metadata that they can use because they all have internet connections and uh, they don't need to read books or anything for entertainment. Why don't you give them the, uh, where they can find us? And we're back. If you need to, if your internet does go out, Send me a letter and I will draw you a picture. I will draw you an actual, like, it could be a dinosaur. It could be a duck. It could be a blue duck. I don't even care what it is. But when your internet is on, make sure you do us a huge favor and go to ohthispodcast.com. We have all the episodes up there. Up there right now in the player, you can listen to it from there. Uh, we would also like Ooh. to thank all of our Japanese listeners who are making up a lot of our listening base, which is awesome. <laughs> and our German listeners, too. Uh, guten Tag as they may say. Uh, but if you haven't done so, also, we are on the Facebook. We are on the Twitter. We are lovely, lovely on the Twitter as well for personally. So Steve's there. I'm there. You can tell us how wrong we are. You can tell us if salmon waffles make a good thing or if Steve's just out of his mind doing garlic, you know, if he'll get an overload on garlic mashed potatoes. I don't think it's a good thing for a long-term diet, but, you know, whatever. It's on a deserted island. <laughs> a dessert island. So, Anyway, deserted island named desert island. Yes, exactly. There. So do us a huge favor. Go to those places. Like us. Tell people about it. Go to iTunes. Download it. Subscribe. Do all that fun stuff. If you haven't done so, we have a Patreon site as well. You can go support us there. Um, we have some up and coming news that we're going to be working on. So some of the stuff that we've talked about in previous episodes uh, in terms of uh, our Grease movie synopsis review Ooh, it's, is it's coming up closer than we it's uh, the the days are counting down there so yeah we'll have an announcement on that shortly we are coming up with that and then we will be in California for podcast movement coming up in the month of August but until then we've got plenty of awesome episodes here we got a new minor league hat of the month coming up here in two or three weeks and you can find us at Kane County Cougars to watch Wayne's World Ooh, night. yes yes uh, Wayne's World night coming take, up in uh, two weeks here. Yes, to do that. If you have any show ideas, anything at all, you can send us snail mail. You can send us a fax. We won't get it, but you can still send it. But I think that's it's about it. Country. It's free country. Contact us however you wish. Yeah. 
We might not get it, but well, you can still contact <laughs> us. Uh, beer of the week was obviously the Edmund Fitzgibbons, Edmund Fitzgeralds, <laughs> from Armand Desantes. Yes, from Great Lakes Brewing Company. Uh, Steve, did I leave anything out? No, I think you've just about covered it, my friend. Yes. And let me leave everybody with one piece of advice. You can cook a steak medium. You can cook a steak medium rare. You cannot cook a bratwurst, chicken, or pork medium rare. Until next time, I'm Steve. I'm Patrick. And we are out.